0: Hey guys, it's Simon. and this is Brustling Unlimited, as it's Wednesday, and that means tonight was AEW Dynamite. And I thought this was kind of like an up and down show for me, as far as like some things were cool, some things were good, some things were kind of boring, some things were kind of meh. And then it was like, why is this happening? But hey, it happens, it shouldn't happen this close to a big pay-per-view their biggest pay-per-view they've ever had and what they're calling the biggest wrestling show in the history of wrestling, but yeah, we should be doing a lot more to keep us interested instead of just like, oh, hey, tune in next week. We'll have a Kenny Omega update. Oh, yeah, tune in next week. MJF and Adam Cole are gonna talk about their main event. So it's like, I don't know, a lot of tune in next week. Jericho will tell Don Callis what he's gonna do. Too much of that, I thought, tonight. Too much of tune in next week to learn stuff and why didn't we just learn more stuff tonight that's the whole thing but regardless how many weeks do we have left to all in there are 1 there's two, two more two more dynamites and three ramp or three well three rampages and three collisions so well, that's going to be interesting to see how they build this up because remember this is going to be a big show i assume it's 4 hours long at least there's only three matches so far announced Three. That's it. Now, they're teasing heavy Samoa Joe and CM Punk. Whatever they're going to do with the trios titles. They got the TNT. Well, no. I don't even think the TNT title is going to be defended because it's going to be defended against Darby the next week at All Out. We do have the TBS title, so... I mean, I I assume Jungle Boy or Jack Perry will be on the show, maybe with the FTW title. But I don't know. A lot of still like questions. There's the rumored Jericho Will Ospreay match. Then there's a rumor that it's going to be the BCC taking on um, Orange Cassidy, Eddie Kingston, and a mystery partner. Like, who the heck could the mystery partner be? I don't know. Again, still so many questions. And so little time, but Luke, what did you think of tonight's dynamite? Honestly, I kind of got bored through the show. To be completely honest with you, was that swerve segment?
1: Like, that swerve segment sucked. The crowd so much. didn't
0: even. The crowd. The crowd hated the segment so much that they barely made a reaction when Darby came out. And Darby always gets a pop. That's when you know. Oh really shit! The this the working.
1: Really, the only thing that I thought was productive through the show was.
0: Announcing like FTR versus the Young Bucks. Other than that, like I kind of got bored through the show. I mean, they announced the women's four, which I got some thoughts on that when we get to it. And I got confused as hell when they announced that because yeah, whole Hikaru Shida thing. They were, they didn't even say that t- the title was going to be on the line. Well, tonight. here's the, here's so the like, thing. That right there made me feel like that this whole tournament was so last minute that it was probably thought of during the day. After they already said Sheeta and Anna J for the title. Like, they probably already announced Sheeta and Anna J days ago. Like, they announced that days ago. And then probably, like, today or yesterday, they were like, oh, let's do this for the woman's title at all. And, like, it just, for and we'll talk about it when we get to it. It's one of the things that I wanted to note. It just feels so last minute. Just so, like, a last minute decision kind of thing. And it's like, oh, oh, uh, we need to announce it now. But... I don't know. With that, I want to say thank you guys for joining us here. Twitch.tv forward slash unlimited, youtube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, and podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can help us out by hitting that uh, donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel 1.0 Of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. Because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you excuse me, have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff of four games, then you always get one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Also remember head over to YouTube, hit that join button, and become a channel member. Finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're buying a new game, whether you're buying an old game, whether you're claiming a free game or getting bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, or Fall Guys, use this code right here, PWUnlimited at checkout, and you will be supporting us at no extra cost. Heck, you got some kids? I bet you they'll like Goat Simulator 3. My kids would love that game, and it's on sale right now on the Epic Game Store for only $17.99. Also, Go claim the free games because they're only free t- till the end of the day. Balloons TD6. Haven't played it, heard it's fun. Loop Hero. Loop Hero is great. Claim it on the Epic Games Store. And when you do, use our code PWUNLIMITED at checkout. And you again will be supporting us. And there's no extra cost to you when you do so. Also, Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch, they're coming to Fortnite soon. And remember, when you get them in Fortnite, once they do come to Fortnite, use our code. Whether you're on your PlayStation, your Xbox, your Nintendo Switch, PC, or your mobile device. But with that, we've got AEW Dynamite to get into and talk about and recap. Where the show comes on the air, and the members of the JAS are already in the ring. Matt Menard then... Introduces their leader and he says, Our leader, Chris Jericho. Everyone is wearing black except Jericho, which is kind of interesting here. And so Jericho tries to explain himself, and Daniel Garcia immediately cuts him off and goes, Hey, I'm tired of you just talking. How about you listen to what we have to say? He said that he chose Jericho before anyone else and questions why Jericho would not do the same for them. Garcia. Then basically said, I'm done, thrusted in Jericho's face, and walked off. That's basically his way of giving the middle finger, flipping the bird without actually flipping the bird. He walked off. He even shoved the camera in the aisle, and there we go. Dick Hager was next. Are you tired of him doing the thrust? It's whatever. I mean, it's cute. It's silly. I don't know. I really don't care either way.
2: Are you? I mean... It's cool if you're a comedy character, but... Right, and that's what he's supposed to be, I think. But uh, at
1: the same time, I have feelings that they're still trying to make him like a big star at the same time. But True. at the same time, how can you really... At the same time, it's like, but how can you really get fans to feel, take him seriously
0: if he keeps trying to do like comedy stuff? Now, I get that. Yet, when he does the dance and the thrusting, the crowd does pop 95% of the time. So don't change what's currently working, I guess. Like, if if it ain't, if it's gold, don't change it or something. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's it. Yeah, if it ain't broke, don't try to fix it. So, Jake Hager's next. He gets on the mic and says something about, I liked that hat. Commentary says, ooh, you hear the past tense there? He says that he's known Jericho longer than anybody else in this group. And Jericho has helped him make a lot of money. But right now, it's not time for the JAS. It's time for him to walk away. Next is Anna Jay. No, Ty Conti. Ty Conti was next. Ty Conti says she used to be proud to be in the JAS, but no, no longer she is. She says she feels sick, and not because she's pregnant. She says that once I have my baby, I'm going to come back, and I'm going to win a title. But I'm going to do it without you. I quit. She doesn't leave yet. She stays in the ring, waits for Anna Jay. Anna Jay then says that Jericho's being selfish. That tonight is not about the JAS for her. It's about her trying to win the AW Women's World Championship. And right now, she needs to focus on herself. She quits as well. So her and Ty Conti leave the ring. Ty Conte's husband stays though. Tammy Guevara stays there. Angelo Parker says, hey, uh, I hate to do this. I love being a, a sports entertainer. But right now, I'm not proud of what we're doing. I'm not proud... To be part of the JAS. He's like, I've done so much for you. Even hanging upside down in the blood and guts match. And almost bleeding out last year. And for what? What have you given me after I've given so much to you? Parker said that he has nothing left to give. And he walks out. Matt Menard then steps up. Says that Jericho was his childhood hero. When he was 15 years old, he got his first job, and with his first paycheck, he bought a Chris Jericho shirt. He said when his wife was eight months pregnant, Jericho heard his story and helped him get into AEW. Menard mentioned guys like Eddie Kingston and Kevin Steen and basically said, Yeah, now I know why Kevin Steen got sick of you. I'm like, oh, damn. We're going back 2016 the freaking, what was it called? The Festival of Friendship. Ooh boy. Um He says something about they I know I now understand why they hate your guts. And he walks off as well, leaving one man left. Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara is wearing a um inner circle vest. He gets on the mic and imme- he immediately slaps the mic out of Jericho's hands because Jericho was trying to talk. He told Jericho he needs to listen. Guevara said that I put Sting through a table, even when I didn't want to, because I've been loyal to you. I've done what you have asked me to do. And don't take this as me, like them walking out on you. Deep down, we're the same. And I know you have a lot of things to think about and work through. When you do work through all that, and you're ready to be with us and be with me and whatnot, I may still be here. He then leaves through the crowd. The segment ends with Jericho standing in the ring alone, never getting to plead his case. His friends, his appreciation society walking out and leaving him all by themselves, all by himself. And I was like, eh, this was all right. But to open the show, I mean I'm glad it opened the show and we got it out of the way, because it was kind of redundant. They're all just like, you don't appreciate me, so I don't appreciate you anymore. Bye. You don't appreciate it. Like, they all just said the same thing with like different
2: words. So it's kind of just meh. What did you think? I mean, it felt like
1: each of them kind of like copy and pasted their own, like someone else's like line. They said, all right, I'll just say the exact same thing if, right. if I'm going to leave. Like,
0: it didn't really feel like original, if that makes sense. No, I get that. I, I, the best part of it was, the, was um, Matt Menard mentioning Kevin Steen. That, that popped me. Because I was like, oh, we're going back. 2016. Like, I like guys- how he said Kevin Steen. It's, it's his way of trying not to say like Kevin Owens. Well, yeah, legally they can't say Kevin Owens. But you could say Kevin Steen. I think the Bucks have referenced Kevin Steen on television before. But it was all right. But it wasn't a great opening segment. It was just all right. Let me get more Jericho. Renee Paquette tried to get a word with Jericho backstage, but Don Callis would appear. He apologized and said, hey, I saw what happened out there. And if any of that's my fault, I do apologize. Jericho then said, you know what? As far as me joining your family, I do have an answer. But I'll give you that answer next week. Don's like, oh, oh great. I'll set everything up. I'll make everything, you know, get everything ready and talk next week. Don leaves a happy man. So he thinks. For all we know, Jericho tells him no. We don't know. I'm still under the impression that's how we get Jericho and Osprey. Jericho tells Don no. Don says, no one tells me no. And then he's like, you know what? You don't want to be with me? You're against me. And I have someone that'll fight you for me. And something like I don't know. maybe that's how we get Jericho and Osprey. Do
2: you think Jericho? I mean, plays- I just
1: don't like the part I just don't like the part where Jericho said, I have an answer for you, but
0: I'll give it to you next week. I'm like well, if you had the answer, just say it. But I mean, I wish they would have just done it tonight. Like, I wish you, I wish Jericho would have phrased it differently. Like, I'm still on the fence. Give me a week. I'll give you my answer. But for them to be like, he's like, I know, I know my answer, but I'll tell you next week. That's kind of just like, oh, you're going to make us wait. But if he would have said, I'm still on the fence. I'm not sure, but I'll make my decision in a week. That would have been a little better way to do it. In my opinion, at least. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. They should have
1: worded it that way instead mm-hmm. of like, the, like the way they did.
0: Yeah, there was a quite a there was a few times tonight where they were like, "We're gonna do this and this," but um, you'll know next week about that. No, I'm like, okay. But What did happen tonight? Were the Young Bucks against the Hardies? And this match was just there. I don't think there was one real big spot in this match. I don't think. There was one real notable moment in this match other than, hey, Ethan Page is still with them on the outside. I forgot all about that.
1: I forgot Ethan Page, to be honest with you. Yeah.
0: Because they did the whole thing where Matt Hardy won his contract. So Matt Hardy still got him under contract. I get, I don't, you know me. I hate that shit where they do the whole, I own your contract. You got to do what I say and help me. So I don't know.
1: Really, what they should have done with that is, like, I have your contract, but I'm going to do you a favor and, like, set you
0: free. Eh. I mean, Matt wanted his... Here's the thing. The firm owned Matt's contract, and they made Matt's life hell. So then Matt wanted to repay that and do the same to Ethan Page. But they haven't. They've done nothing with it. So it's like, whatever. I could care less. As far as the match itself does go, the Hardys were able to get control early, and they did some double-team moves and sent Nick to the floor before hitting a double wheelbarrow suplex on Matt for a near fall. There was a pulling sit-out powerbomb in the corner that led to a double-team cover on Matt, and for some reason, Rick Knox counted, but Nick broke up the pin. The Hardys then tried poetry in motion, but Matt moved, and Nick popped Jeff with a corner in Zaguri. Nick then made the tag and ran wild with the slingshot face buster and a moonsault to the floor before laying out Matt Hardy with a rising risky business. Matt then then faked a dive, and it was Nick that hit a twisting plancha to wipe out the Hardys on the floor, leading to a commercial break. Uh, After the break, there was some back-and-forth action with Nick avoiding a twist of fate, but Matt Hardy adjusted and spiked Nick with a DDT, Right as Jeff was about to make the tag, Matt Jackson pulled the leg out and the Bucks kept Matt briefly isolated before a double clothesline led to a reset. Both Matt Hardy and Matt Jackson started slugging it out until Nick Jackson ran into a, no, Matt Jackson ran into a side effect. Nick and Jeff then made tags and went after it for a little while. Jeff Fought off both Bucks at one point and wiped them out with a whisper in the wind. But Nick and Matt avoided a double twist of fate into superkicks. And boom, right into a 3D on Jeff. The Hardys avoided a Meltzer driver and hit dueling twist of fates as Jeff hit a swanton on Nick for a close near fall that was broken up by Matt Jackson. After all that, Matt Hardy made the legal tag as Nick was dropped with multiple twists of fates. But Matt Jackson was able to superkick the leg out from under Jeff who was going for the Whisper in the Wind. Matt Jackson then hit the back, hit it black, backslide on Matt Hardy and rolled through. The Bucks hit the BTE trigger and picked up the win. I will say, this is one of Jeff Hardy's better AEW matches. He looks solid. Everybody looks solid in this match, but it was just like a match, nothing special. But again, one of Jeff's better-looking performances in AEW. What'd you think?
1: I mean, I didn't really care about the match a lot, but but I get why they did this match because they're supposed to, like, make the Young Bucks look like, oh, they beat, like, a group of legends in, like, Jeff and Matt's just to make them look good going up against FTR at all-in. Like, I get that. But, I don't know. it, It was a better performance for Jeff, but, I don't know. I think overall the match was just there.
0: Well, speaking of FTR... Matt, Matt and Nick Jackson would stay in the ring as the Hardys leave. Nick Jackson would grab a mic and yell, F-T-R! And that would lead to, well, F-T-R coming down to the ring. The four men would get in each other's faces. Nick would then say, all in! And the challenge was made, or accepted. And with that, we have our second match announced for the pay-per-view... It will be FTR defending the AEW World Tag Team Championships against the Young Bucks. And this is going to be the third match that these two teams meet in AEW. What do you think of the match itself for the pay-per-view? So I believe FTR won the
1: first match, correct? Believe so, yes. And the Young Bucks won the second one. So basically, this is just like winner-take, like best two out of three series for like in the year's making.
0: I believe so. I'm looking it up right now. Um,
2: let me see what it be. I think I got it here. Let's see.
0: Um, why is it not giving me results? It's telling me that Dave Meltzer gave this match four and three quarter stars, but it doesn't tell me who won. What the frick? Um, maybe it'll tell me here. Here we go. Here we go. Um no okay here we go so with the ROH and AAA tag titles on the line FTR did defeat the Young Bucks and then at Full Gear 2020 the Young Bucks retained the AW World Tag Team Championships against FTR so it was what's the date on this one Young Bucks won the first one with the AEW tag titles on the line. FTR won
2: the second one with the ROH and AAA tag titles on the line. <clears throat> so that's how it went.
1: I feel like FTR should win this match, though, because I feel like at All Out, they probably want to do something big with them and
0: CM Punk. So, okay, speaking of them,
2: do they win the trios titles on Saturday with Punk? I don't think they do. I, don't, I think they shouldn't, but I kind of feel like they might. Because, I mean, if they do,
0: they already have a match for Wembley. Then that just locks up the trios titles. And then what do you do with the trios titles at Wembley? Nothing. So I think they should lose to the House of Black and go from there. Also, speaking of House of Black, congratulations to Buddy Matthews and Rhea Ripley who are engaged as of tonight. So uh, all those, those guys on Twitter saying, I may have one day have a shot with Rhea. Nope. Old Dom Dom don't even have a real shot with Rhea because she's got herself another man.
2: Dominic's probably punching air right now. <laughs> I wonder, I don't think
0: they will, but I wonder if it ever gets brought up on WWE television. I doubt it.
1: Oh, legally, I don't know if
2: they can, though. They can
0: say, no, they don't have to say his name or anything. They can just, someone can make a slide like, like, Judgment Day can be in the ring going back and forth with, like, I don't know, Seth Rollins, and then, like, Dom can call her mommy and go, you're still calling her mommy even though she's getting married to another guy? Like, I can maybe see, like, a Seth Rollins throwing something out. Like, oh, you still call her mommy even though she's got another man she's going to marry?
1: Or Seth can be like, you're, you're still calling her mommy when she isn't currently engaged to one of my
0: former disciples. Right. That would actually like, that be, would, be a real funny way to, to phrase it, too. Because then you don't have to say the name, but it, like, links it to Seth. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Because, like,
1: Buddy Matthews, he was one of Seth's former disciples when, yep. he, had, when he was that, like, Messiah gimmick.
2: Very true. So as we move forward, we see footage of Icaro Shida winning the AW Women's World Championship,
0: and then they tell us there's going to be a little mini tournament to crown, or actually not to crown, to figure out who is going to be in the actual title match at Wembley. It's going to be a Fatal 4-Way, and let me pull up this graphic here on the screen. We're going to get a Fatal 4-Way. Um. Oh, I put it in a different folder. Give me one second. Two. Well, I'm, I'm saying it all wrong. There's going to be a Fatal 4-Way match for the AEW Women's World Championship at All-In in Wembley, and here is what we've got. So, we know that this one is she Shida wins, she advances. We, she won, of course. Soraya versus Sky Blue will take place on Friday. Winner advances. The bunny, who's been out of action for quite some time, will take on Britt Baker next week. Winner advances to All In, and Tony Storm automatically gets a bye. They stated that Tony Storm gets a bye because this is her quote unquote rematch from losing the title last week, which kind of really sucks for Tony Storm that she ain't getting a one on one rematch. But at least she's getting some sort of a rematch. Now, I know Luke was confused. A couple of other people were confused. Why does she to have to earn to be in this match? Again, that's why, why I think it was a last-minute decision kind of thing today to announce this after they had already announced Sheeta versus Anna J. Because if they would have just... Well, so they could have done a couple of things. Just done it how they did. Or they could have just did two matches and been like, Hey, we're not doing a mini tournament. Because they kind of called it a tournament on air. They shouldn't have called it a tournament. They should have just said, we're going to do a four-way tournament. Tony Storm and either Hikaru or Anna Jay are in this match, the champion, whoever comes out tonight. And then the other two matches, they could have announced it differently to not confuse as many people. But regardless, what I wish they would have said, because they said the reason this is a four-way is because it's been somewhat of a tradition on major shows for the AEW Women's Championship to be defended in four-way matches, which I go, okay, cool but would have been a better way to make a four-way make sense here. All they had to say was, hey, remember the first all-in? The only woman's match on that show was a four-way. This is paying homage to that. Another four-way here at all-in, and maybe that's the tradition going forward. Every all-in pay-per-view, the woman's world title is defended in a fatal four-way. That's all they had to say. Because if you remember, that first all-in was Chelsea Green... Britt Baker, Tessa Blanchard, and who was the fourth? Frick, who was Madison the Rain. Madison Reign. Madison Reign, you're right. Gotcha. So, yeah. I think they should have done it like that and been like, that's why we're doing this, and that's why we're now calling it tradition. The all-in tradition for the women's title. So, what are your thoughts on the women's title match, and who do you think is going to be the four or the two that make it in? Because we know two of the four already. I mean... Is it not
1: obvious to everyone, though? It's going to be Britt Baker and Soraya being the other two. You don't think
2: Sky Blue has a chance? No. (laughs) Yeah, I don't either. Well, here's what's going to happen. They're probably going to have Soraya
1: win the belt, because Tony Khan, he loves doing those hometown wins, so he's going to do
0: this, just get a big pop from the crowd. Oh, Soraya's pinning Sheeta. Uh, I can see it right now. Soraya pins Sheeta. Not Tony, not Britt.
1: Or, or, or she could pin Britt and then, then she can be like, I
0: never got pinned, so I deserve a rematch. Well, no. We know based off of Tony Storm getting a rematch here, she doesn't have it doesn't matter. She automatically she gets an automatic rematch, regardless. What if, and this probably will not happen, uh Tony Storm gets knocked out. Soraya takes out the other two or one or whatever and they're out of the ring and it's just Tony laid out in the middle of the ring and the only way for Serrae to win is to pin Tony Storm. I doubt they do that, but I've been interesting no, move. No, they won't. <laughs> that'd be an interesting one. They won't. So last week, Adam Cole and MJF were shown celebrating their announcement of the main event at All In as Cole has brought MJF to a trampoline park. He was like, "Hey, let's hang out. Let's celebrate us being in the main event and MJF was like, what do you want to do? He's like, trampoline park. Mgf's like, what? We could have been in a bar, hanging out trying to hit on chicks and stuff. But instead, we're here? Doing what? And Cole's like, this place is so cool. It's fun. It's got video games. It's got ball pits. It's got this and that. And, da, da, da. and It's even got dodgeball. And Mgf's like, wait, dodgeball? All right, I'm in. So Mgf starts throwing dodgeballs at all these kids, being MJF, throwing insults at them. Like, hey, I slept with your mom and this and that, and all this other stuff. And Cole's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, what are you doing? You you can't be just throwing um, these balls at these little kids like that. You got to calm down a little bit. And this little girl walks up. She's like, what are you two grown men doing here at a trampoline park? And Adam Cole tries to say something to her, and she flips him off. Adam Cole gets pissed off, and he tells MJF when she goes to walk away, all right, yeah, throw one more. And... The screen goes black and we're supposed to think that he pelted the kid in the back of the head. The little girl. It was funny. It was just there, though. Nothing special.
1: I thought the MJF insults were hilarious.
0: Yeah, I thought they were funny, too.
1: And, uh... I've honestly never been to a trampoline park, so I don't really know how fun it is.
0: They're fun. I take the kids every couple of months. Now, have you... It's basically just another Sky Zone. Well, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, we have Sky Zone here. So, now my question. Have you ever seen Billy Madison? Adam Sandler? Who hasn't? Okay. Who hasn't? So this is basically the scene when they go to recess in kindergarten when he's just pelting all the kids with the damn dodgeball. That's exactly what this was. Now you're all in big, big trouble. Right? I love that movie. Adam Sandler's, like, my favorite actor, so, of course...
2: Of course, I thought of that immediately. Uh, we go backstage with the Blackpool Combat Club. They said that they hope
0: best friends learn their lesson from the parking lot fight. Moxley also says, I hope Sue got the flowers I sent her. I'm sorry for what I did. He said tonight, they picked the bones of the Lucha Bros. They already hurt Pac. They already put Pac on the shelf. Now, they're going to the, do the same thing to the other two then talked trash and said that it sucks that pack won't be able to work all in. I guess that's a big deal over there for him to be on that show, but he's not anymore. BCC da, da, da. then said that they don't fear death. Death fears them. We then had Jack Perry versus Rob Van Dam. That was good. I enjoyed it. Now, I know you were skeptical of RVD in the uh, the 52-year-old last week, so I just want to ask you right off the jump. Did he exceed your expectations, or was he... What did you think?
2: I mean, he was better than what I expected. I will say that. Leap and leg drop off the apron to the barricade.
0: Right. So, I thought it was good. I, I thought it was really good. It
1: was FTW rules. Well, the reason why I was... Go for it. I was, like, hesitant about this because when he was in Impact for that second time, he was, he kind of struggled a little bit in the ring for, like, a lot of the
0: time. But that's why I was a little hesitant about it. Yeah, but we also know that he really didn't care during that second Impact run. I mean, he was just getting blowjobs on camera by his wife and some other chick that got him kicked off of uh Twitch for a little while. Yeah, I remember that. That was hilarious. So... But this match itself was FTW rules, which means there's no rules. False count anywhere. And what I liked from Jack Perry, he was wearing basically um, Jerry Lynn-inspired tights. I thought that was really cool. He did attack RVD during his intro, where RVD fought back and got his leg drop roll up for a quick two-count early on. Perry retreated and wanted a handshake, but RVD was having none of it. Was about to hit the Rolling Thunder when Perry bailed to the outside. On the floor, RVD draped Perry over the barricade. And correct me if I'm wrong, was there a lighting issue here where the lights were like flack, flickering or something? When RVD was about to go for the... Because I noticed like it got dark for a second and then like the lights turned blue and then they went back on. Maybe that was just me.
1: I, I mean, know. I didn't see it. My my TV was like buffering during that, during that match, so I probably didn't see it.
0: Gotcha. Because I, I saw something where like the lights went low and everything seemed like there like a blue light on and then the regular lights came back or something. So I don't know exactly, maybe I we'll see. I'll look it up here in a little bit. Um Harvey and hit the spinning leg drop off the apron onto the barricade onto Jack Perry as we go to commercial break. Back from the break, Perry was in control, but he missed a rolling thunder a chair was stuck in the corner, and a table was set up on the floor as RVD hit a huge monkey flip and a running drop kick with a chair in the corner. With the chair on Perry, RVD finally does hit the Rolling Thunder, but Perry avoided the split-legged moonsault. RVD did mess up on here when he tried to leap to the top rope. He didn't fully get up there at first. But then he got up there, hit the split-legged moonsault, was good to go. Perry ducked the Van Daminator, and Perry chucked a chair right at referee Bryce. Perry then cut off RVD in the corner, but was launched off the top through the table on the outside. RVD then rolled Perry back inside the ring, hit a five-star frog splash, got the visible pin. Aubrey Edwards was run down because the regular ref was knocked out. One, two, Jack kicks out. RVD then argues with the referee. She's like, nope, that was two. This slight distraction of RVD here arguing with ref then allows Perry to hit a low blow. He sent RVD into the chair that was in the corner. Rolls them up and pins them to remain the AE, nope, not AEW, but the FTW champion. So yeah, it was a good match for what it was. RVD got to do all those major things, and Jack Perry's still the champion. Then afterwards, Taz basically said, "You know, I'm disgusted in this, I'm disgusted in seeing him with the FTW title. Maybe I'm going to need to do something. I doubt Taz wrestles, but what does Taz himself need to do?
1: What if they bring in like another UCW legend like a Tommy Dreamer? Yeah, that I can
2: see. Ooh. Maybe I don't know if Tommy's still working for Impact or not. But I'm pulling up that clip to see. Okay, okay. So well, I
0: can't really like play play the clip, but I can like do it in screenshots. But look.
2: So if you look right here, the lights are dimmed. And as we go forward, I think this is. So you see, like, a blue light shining in the
0: ring kind of over here, and the lights are dimmed. And
2: then right here, all of a sudden, the lights come back on. If you look at the mat. You see the lights fade from off to back on. That's weird. And it's not like they had a big spotlight on these two or something on the outside. So, I don't know. I'm sure it was probably a lighting issue. Yeah. I thought I wasn't going crazy. Yeah, and uh, trap in the chat says the lights did go
0: blue for a second. Okay. He saw it too. Well, we all saw it right there, so. Rene is backstage with the Lucha Bros and Alex Aberhantes, who said the Lucha Bros fight in the spirit of competition, but the BCC fight to hurt people like they did PAC. Phoenix and Pentagon said that they'll show Moxley and Claudio why they're the best team in the universe. This then led to MJF and Adam Cole. And boy, am I so not interested in them going for the Ring of Honor tag team titles. Like, are you freaking kidding me? What? They're going to fight for the Ring of Honor tag titles? How dumb is that? Well, it makes sense, but also doesn't make sense at the same time. They already lost. it's, It's a little bit of both, though. In AEW, the AEW World Tag Team Champions are supposed to be considered the greatest tag team currently in the world. They couldn't beat that team in FTR, so... We're supposed to think them going for basically AEW's secondary title, the version of AEW's NXT. We're supposed to think that that matters, that that's a big deal, that them winning those titles means anything. People already don't really care that Claudio's got the ROH title. So why would we care that they're getting the tag titles? Like, I don't. Do you? There's no way they lose. Uh,
1: Not really, no. But, like, they're trying to make it seem important because, you know, Adam Cole was, like, (laughs) well-known in Ring of Honor, but MJF never worked a day in
0: Ring of Honor in his life. Adam Cole is the only person to ever hold the Ring of Honor championship three times. That is something he's got. But also, also, it's a pre-show match. Now, I get why it's a pre-show match. They need time to rest up before their main event but then have it open the main card. Again, you're just making this seem less and less important and insignificant. It's the Ring of Honor tag team titles. It's on the Zero Hour, the pre-show. Like, who the F cares? I don't. As far as this segment does go, MJF welcomes the fans to the Midwest and says, Hey, I know there's, there's footage out there of me saying that the Midwest is mid. That's all doctored. I love the Midwest. The Midwest is my favorite place in the U.S. And they pop big going, and I'm going, man, these guys are dumb. You know, pop for him saying that. You know this guy loves Jersey or, or wherever he's, Long Island. Nicole mentions making history at All In. He says, when I beat you for the title. And MJF kind of gives him a
2: look and was like, you're what? But MJF says, you know what? We need to do something about, you know
0: building up that match and what we're going to do it all in. And MJF goes, oh, you want a promo battle? Well, let's go. You're a skinny white guy. You're so white that in the 80s, Hulk Hogan would have snorted you. But, if you looked at both men tonight, Cole had the better tan of the two. I like the line, though. I thought that was funny. You're so white that Hogan would have snorted you. MJF calls him a noodle arm, a bobblehead. And then Amco goes, whoa, 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 Max! I do not want a promo battle. I have an idea. You just misread the situation. He's like, oh, whoopsie. Colvin says that everyone loves them as a tag team, and everybody wanted them to win tag team gold. And, well, there are some other title, titles that they can still win, and that's the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships, and he wants to challenge for those titles with MJF on the zero hour of all-in. He said that he's done great things in ROH, like being the only three-time ROH world champion. And those titles, those titles have been held by great men, like the Kings of Wrestling, Red Dragon, and Mark and Jay, the Briscoes. MJF was like, whoa, you want me to work twice in one night? I get mad when people ask me to work multiple times in a year. You think I really want to work twice in one night? He's like, if anybody were to ask me that, of course I'd say no. But you're my bro Chacho. And I'm a sucker for a cheap pop. Because I'm a scumbag. I'm not just a scumbag. I'm their scumbag. So Ozzy Open, we officially challenge you for the ROH Tag Team Titles at the all-in zero hour. And then we hear, Adam. Adam. And it's like, what the fuck does Roderick Strong want? What does Roddy want? And Adam Cole's looking around. MJF's looking around.
2: And finally, Roderick Strong walks out on stage. Roderick Strong comes out
0: insulted that Cole would want to challenge for those tag titles with MJF and not one of his best friends. He, Roderick Strong, another ROH legend. MJF then ripped into Strong with some um, Taylor Swift references and whatnot. And I have a tweet here with, I didn't write down everything, excuse me, MJF actually said, but there's a tweet I have here. MJF stated, I want you to get in your car. I want you to go home. And in between all of these, he's letting the crowd do a what chant or whatever. He's like, I want you to run up the stairs. I want you to slam the door to your room. I want you to jump into your bed. I want you to cry into your Hello Kitty pillow. I want you to put your headphones on. I want you to listen to some Taylor Swift. And I want you to shake it off. You bland bitch. And so Roddy gets mad. And the crowd's like, shake it off. Shake it off. Shake it off. And I'm like, oh, I thought they'd be chanting bland bitch, but they're not. Roddy then goes, really, Adam? You're going to let him talk to me like that? The kingdom was right. You don't care about your friends. And so the kingdom comes out. They console Roderick Strong. Then Adam Cole gets an MJF's face. He's like, hey, what the hell was that? You're my friend, but he's also my friend. And I'm not going to let you talk to him. And he starts poking MJF, and MJF gets the face. He's shaking the head a little bit. And Adam goes, oh, uh, sorry, 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 sorry. Uh, I I, I, I didn't mean to do that and whatnot and that. And Adam Cole basically looks like the dude trying to hook up with a chick, but then says the wrong thing that pisses off the chick and then backtracks to be like, oh, no, no, I didn't mean that. Sorry to, sorry to offend you. Uh, no, I still want to go home with you. Like, exactly what I thought. MJF's the guy in the bar that says one thing wrong to the girl he's trying to hook up with and then backtracks and apologizes to not piss off the girl. So, yeah. Doing something, I think, or eventually maybe... Gonna get MJF versus Roderick Strong, and then whose side does Adam Cole pick? I don't know.
2: I have no clue where this is going say at all. Match next week, but not if he's still got the neck brace on. Uh, Jonathan in the YouTube chat says, what if
1: Adam? What if MJF turns on Adam Cole during the zero hour?" I could see it. I, I wouldn't do that.
0: I, I honestly <laughs> wouldn't. No, I could see it. But I think they're going to win the tag titles. Here's an issue. Here's an issue with them working twice on the show. What if one of them somehow gets hurt? uh, Knock on wood. Not trying to put this into the ether, but I am. What if something happens and one of them gets actually injured during that zero-hour match to the point where they can't work the main event? Uh, Like, if it was anybody else, like just any other random match, whatever... But this is your main event. You're billing this as the main event of All In. And you're risking the biscuit here.
1: Honestly, they're trying way too hard with this, if I'm being
0: completely honest. A little bit. Because, like, I don't think it was supposed to go past. They lose to the tag titles, that's it. But it got over so big, they're trying to stretch this son of a bitch out so long. Like, they're really trying to be, like, too
1: fancy with it, where they're actually, like, putting... Some wrestlers at risk here to get injured. I mean, I doubt they can be like a, a huge failure.
0: Well, I wouldn't say that, but I doubt they get someone gets hurt. But there's always that risk. I mean, we've seen plenty of people get hurt doing just nothing. Hell, I say it all the time. Kevin Nash Torres quad walking. He was literally walking back to his corner to tag out of a six man tag on raw or maybe an eight man tag, something like that. And
2: Torres quad walking back to his corner. So anything can happen. I assume they're going to make this like
1: a super safe match to where they're going to try to get no one injured.
0: True, but it's also Aussie Open, and they're going to want to get their stuff in. So maybe, oh, yeah. maybe they do all the big moves, and Adam Cole and, and MJF keep it, keep it safe. I mean, hell, Brian Alvarez tells the story that he blew his knee out. I think it was his knee. Blew his knee out, taking a snake eyes. Literally, your head's getting dropped on the top rope and his knee's the thing that got hurt. Anyways, time for the BCC versus the Lucha Bros. John Moxley and Claudio Castagnoli against Pentale Zero Miedo and Ray Phoenix. And here's my question. Why don't more people that wrestle mask wrestlers just rip the mask off? Because that's an automatic win. Because literally, they ripped Fe- uh, Pentagon's mask off and he just froze. Didn't do nothing. Didn't try to fight back. Didn't try to kick out. He just literally covered his face and froze. But now
1: it's I like, mean, it's not a bad idea, but at the same time, I don't think a lot of luchadors stores want to do
0: that because they don't want right. like risk having their face out there. No, I get it, but it also makes them look super stupid. Like, oh, my face, I can't do nothing now. Like, come on.
1: I mean, unless they have, like, face paint, like, covering, like, most of their face though, behind the mask, like... Like Pentagon, I mean, yeah, it would be fine, but right.
0: like, I'm sure a lot of them, they just don't want to risk their like, mask coming off like that. So, Phoenix and Penta snuck up from behind and wiped out Moxley and Claudio with double dives to gain control right at the opening bell. Penta delivered a top rope double stomp to Claudio while Moxley was flattened by another Phoenix dive, which, to the surprise of no one, busted Mox open. Of course this man's bleeding. Because this man didn't bleed in the triple threat. So he's got a bleed here. Uh, Penta connected with the maiden Penta. But Claudio kicked out of two. Claudio then ducked a double super kick from the Lucha Bros. And then they collided into each other. Moxley made the tag and dropped both with double DDTs. Penta spun out of a death rider into a sling blade. As Claudio was backed up by the referee. Aubrey uh, had backed up the referee. Aubrey had into the ropes. With her distracted, this allowed Yuta... Pop Phoenix in the head with the ROH title. There was then a press slam into a cutter that led to Phoenix being isolated during a commercial break. Back from said break, Phoenix was planted with a spike pile driver. And Taz literally said, spike pile driver, that's how I broke my neck. There was a doomsday device spot. Moxley missed the clothesline and Phoenix hit a roll-up double stomp on Claudio. Penta then ran wild of a hot tag with a Cazadora face buster on Moxley and a backstabber on Claudio. Phoenix then made the tag and the match broke down before Moxley laid out Penta with a cutter. Phoenix then kipped up into a huge super kick before all four men went down. Phoenix and Claudio then had a strike battle that led to another, uh, led to another comeback from Penta, at, or from Phoenix as Penta leapt off the top rope and was hit with an uppercut in midair. We then go to the closing of this match where it was Penta and Moxley and they were chopping each other then right in front of the referee, like she's watching all of this, Yuta grabbed Phoenix right off the top rope. Like, what? Alex Abrahantes then starts going crazy and grabbing Yuta and whatnot, only for Yuta to get hit with a moonsault from Phoenix. Fenta then went for the fear factor. Claudio ripped his mask off. He then covered his face, froze basically. Moxley rolled him up, grabbed the tights, and pinned him one, two, three. After the match, the BCC beat down both men. Claudio puts on Penta's mask, and then Moxley screams, Zero respect! This is what happens when there's zero respect. No one came out to make the save. They didn't tease anything for the BCC at all in. Nothing. What the frick? What would you think of the match and the the beatdown afterwards? I mean, the overall match was decent. It was like after the
1: match, it it didn't really lead to anything, honestly, other than...
2: no.
0: Like them attacking the Lucha Bros, and they didn't say anything. I thought maybe Orange Cassidy runs out, makes a save. We get the best friends or something. Nobody. Nothing. Nada. We still don't know what these fools are doing at the pay-per-view. And then... And, and I, I, I honestly thought somebody was going to come out and make so the did save. I. But nobody came out and made the save. And here's the other bad thing. They're now finally building up to all in and actually announcing things like with this next segment. Kenny Omega tells Alex Marvez that he's going to have a sit down interview next week with um, Jim Ross. He's going to talk about his future. Don Callis, Kenosuke Takeshita, and his plans for all in. Okay, cool. Build up all in, but you still got another pay-per-view the next week. We're not building anything for other than Darby Allen challenging for the TNT title. I still think we're getting at all in. Well, we'll talk about that when when we get to the next segment, but We've got all in, but then what about all out? Are they really going to just announce a bunch of stuff during all in for all out? I, I, I honestly don't know how they're going to build up the second pay per view one week later.
1: Well, we already know one match that's going to happen. I feel like the main. Well, I feel like the main event for all out is going to be CM Punk versus MJF, most likely. Oh, that, that they've already kept teasing it for like a yeah. long time. But, it's but just, as far as, like, the rest of the stuff, I feel like it's just going to be, like, we'll announce, like, all this stuff, like, a week after, then right. the
0: next week is Because they've out. got, literally, one Rampage, one Collision, one Dynamite, to announce a whole pay-per-view of matches, basically.
2: Unless they, like, started building stuff at, like, all-in. Well, that's what I'm saying. I doubt it. So,
0: I, I, I don't know. I'm watching it all regardless. So, the entire mogul embassy make their way out to the ring. Prince Nana ran down the crowd and whatnot before Swerve took the mic. Fox and Nana, uh, he said he, Fox, and Nana went to the Buddy Wayne Academy in his hometown of Seattle. And they did what they had to do. Take out Nick Wayne. They really didn't take him out because he's wrestling next week. Anyways, Fox immediately called out Darby Allen, And this crowd was dead 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 dead. except for Swerve said whose house is it and they said Swerve's house then Darby comes out and there's barely a, a a reaction when Darby comes out I'm like wow you know the segment is dead when Darby doesn't get a reaction
1: Darby comes out. The only out, thing I really liked about this segment was Prince Nana doing his dance to Swerve's
0: Oh and himself. he's like in the aisle yeah. all the time in the aisle yeah walking down the aisle I'm like he looks like a goob but he's supposed to so We'll give it to him. He's doing what he's supposed to do to look like a a nerd or whatever you want to call it. A goob. A geek. So, Darby comes out and says, hey, how about we tell the real story here? I tried calling you. You never answered. I still respect you, and I still, you know, appreciate everything you did for me, but that's not the whole story which you tried telling. Alan said he tried to help Fox. Fox really needed to help himself at that time said Fox got to AEW by himself, but is upset that Allen didn't put in a good word for him and get him here sooner. Instead, he helped Nick Wayne. While Fox might have some new friends, Allen said, I've always got friends as well. The lights go off, and they stay off, and they stay off, and they stay off. And then you hear Tony Schiavone going, Is it? Can it be? Really? Are we getting? Lights come back on. It's Sting's there with the baseball bat And he's beating down everybody In, in uh, the Mogul Embassy And then at one point he takes the bat And he puts it on the chin of Swerve And then points up at The sign that says All In And I think this is the match we're going to get I could be wrong I think it's going to be Swerve AR Fox and Brian Cage Against Darby
2: Sting and Nick Wayne I think that's the All In match Probably. But I, I thought I saw something that's, that made it seem like it
0: might be just Sting and Darby against Fox and Strickland. No, Nick Wayne. So I'm not sure. Because I thought I saw someone put something on Twitter. But I'm not 100% sure. Let me double check on that.
1: I mean, if it's going to be like a regular tag match, not a six man, I, I think it should be Darby and Nick Wayne. This okay. Sting. Here it is. I like went with the baseball bat.
0: So I didn't see this on th- Gates of Agony. I must have missed this on television. I found it right here. Let me pull this up on the screen.
2: So this is from the AEW Twitter account. At All In in London,
0: in a coffin match, well that's random. It's Darby and Sting against Swerve and Fox. So well that's the actual match. I would have liked the six man better. Because then you get Nick Wayne involved, and the whole thing that Darby tried saying was, you're jealous I helped Nick and not you. But why is Nick not involved here? We know next week, it's going to be Darby and Nick Wayne against the Gates of Agony.
1: Unless they're saving something big at all out for Nick Wayne, but still, why wouldn't you do this at all? In? I
0: wouldn't be against putting Nick Wayne in a big match on the pre show. Like, give him a, a, like, the last match of the pre show, the zero hour, like a, a, a real big highlight match there. I think that'd be cool for him. <clears throat> but yeah, the match is official then. I also like that they're doing this. AEW's doing these. Pull this up on the screen. As an homage back to the original All In, whenever they would announce a new talent for the show, there'd be graphics just like this. So I like this a lot. So they're doing this as an homage to the original All In.
2: Oh yeah, I, I like it too. Well, the main difference was like back then it was just like kind of like just like
1: not like a, a like a wrestling company pay per view, right? When it's just like you didn't know who was gonna be on the show, so they'd just randomly announce who's gonna be on there without yeah announcing any matches yet. Just
0: randomly, oh Bert Baker's all in. Oh, Rey Mysterio's all in. Ooh, the Young Bucks, Kota Bushi, they're all in, you know. So but yeah, it's a coffin match then. I must have missed that on television. I thought I saw something on Twitter. Which I must have saw that then or something. I saw someone post something on Twitter. They were like, Oh, it's just tag match thing. Okay, cool. Again. Wish they would have added Nick, Nick um, Wayne here, then you could have got Cage as well, but whatever. Ooh, give me Brian Cage versus Nick Wayne, and Nick Wayne can just bump and feed for Brian Cage and then pick up a, a flash win at the end of the match or something. <clears throat> just letting Brian Cage, idea. Let Brian Cage throw him around for five minutes, and then he beats him in the end, like Nick
2: Wayne beats Cage. <clears throat> I mean, Brian Cage wouldn't be a bad veteran for Nick Wayne to work with. Not at all. As we move forward, we're going to our main event of the night, the AEW
0: Women's World title on the line. It's Akarushita Shida defending against Anna Jay. And just because the JAS have broken up, it doesn't mean that some of these people are still not friends because Matt Menard and Angelo Parker did come down with Anna Jay
2: during the match. Those so caliber mentioned how... Um, Shida won the belt
0: during the pandemic and Anna J debuted in AEW at the beginning of the pandemic. He Is that her debut was in April of 2020 right after everything went down and they had to run empty arena shows. So they also stated that Anna J's first opponent was Akira Shida.
2: Um where was I? My notes just froze. Let me refresh this really quickly. Give me one
0: second to refresh this. Uh, There was a jumping knee that staggered Anna Jay early. Followed this up with 10 corner punches. (coughs) Jay then wiggled free and was shoved over the top rope to the outside where Menard and Parker were quickly talking trash. Jay then controlled the entire commercial break, but she'd have fired back with a running elbow right a running elbow right when they returned. Anna Jay then rolled to the apron, and Sheeta tried to suplex her back in, but Jay hit a spin kick instead. Both ladies then fought on the apron, but Sheeta hit a pump kick before pulling a chair from under the ring. Sheeta then tried to launch herself off the chair, but 2.0 jumped in the way. The distraction allowed Anna Jay to smash Sheeta face first on the steps. Back inside the ring, Jay got a two count before applying the Queen Slayer submission, but Sheeta climbed to the second rope with Jay still on her back, and fell off to break the hold. Cheetah then hit a falcon arrow, but Jay kicked out. Sheeta then hit a katana knee, and the ref counted three. Despite Parker... This was a weird finish. I don't know what Angela Parker was trying to do, but he tried to do something like put her foot on the rope or put her foot... I don't know. He did something, and he grabbed Anna Jay's leg. Referee still counted one, two, three, and the match is just over. Commentary, they were confused by what happened, so... Not a good finish. I don't know what they were supposed to do, but it seems like they didn't do everything according to plan. What do you think of the match itself? I thought it was an okay match. Not main event. Not main event worthy, in my opinion, though.
1: Once I found out that this was actually the main event, I thought it was a letdown. Oh, yeah. Because now it's like, oh, you, you get people like waiting for
2: this to be the main event? Main event, Sheeta two weeks in a row. But I thought it was a little bit of a letdown for this to be the main event. True. With that, that is
0: everything that took place tonight on AEW Dynamite. As far as shows coming up, as far as AEW Rampage this Friday, Soraya will take on Sky Blue, the winner of Vantage to the Four Way at All In for the Women's Title. Darry Allen will be taking on Brian Cage. Horns Cassidy defends the AEW International Championship against Johnny TV. As far as Collision does go this Saturday, that's a black Malachi Black, Brody King, and Buddy Matthews. Will defend the AW Trios Championships against CM Punk and FTR Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler. The Acclaimed will return to to they said the Acclaimed will return to normal tag team action. Also speaking of tag team action, Chris Stidlander and Willow Nightingale will team up to take on the team of Mercedes Martinez and Diamante. As far as next week's AEW Dynamite does go, Dr. Britt Baker will take on the bunny. The winner advances to the women's four-way at All In. Jim Ross will have a sit-down interview with Kenny Omega. MJF and Adam Cole, well, they're going to talk about their main event at All In. And finally, Darby Allin will team up with Nick Wayne to take on the Gates of Agony. With that, that is everything. That is set for the next three episodes of AEW Television. And they also said more things for our Dynamite will be announced on Rampage this Friday. So with that, I did forget to do the Twitch poll. So we don't have a Twitch poll, but we got the other polls. We do have the other polls. Let's refresh those really fast. Let's go here and here. As far as the Twitter poll does go or the X poll, 46%, ooh, 46% liked the show. 30% thought it was just all right. And 20% did not like it. Looking at the YouTube community poll. More the mm, a little more, sixty four percent liked the show, twenty two percent thought it was just all right, and fourteen percent didn't like it. Reading some of the comments here, someone says it was all right. Chris says I liked it. It begin. I like begin to with everyone walking out on Jericho. Chris says show was all right, nothing special, outside of Cole and MJF build. And then this person said I didn't watch. Well, I don't care if you watched it or not, because I'm not asking what you thought. You didn't see it. As far as the YouTube live poll does go, 78% liked the show, 12% thought it was just all right, and 10% did not like it. So, with that, I'll say thank you for joining us here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited, YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, and podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, App Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Luke, tell them where they can find you.
1: <clears throat> you can find me over at Twitter or X at Petkey
0: underscore 21. And you can also find me over at Twitch at So With that, guys, I'll be back live Friday for the wrestling wrap-up on Friday morning. Friday night, SmackDown, Friday evening. And then we'll see what happens with the weekend if I do or do not uh, do Collision. I have some plans for this weekend, so I don't know if I'm watching Collision live or not. But with that, guys, have a great rest of your week, and I'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys.